Hey guys, welcome to The Liz Wheeler Show. I'm Liz Wheeler. If you are a new face joining us from DirecTV, welcome. I'm glad you're here. If you haven't already subscribed to the show, please do so. If you like to listen to podcasts, you can go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Click that subscribe button. If you prefer the video version of the show, you can go to YouTube and click subscribe, or you can go to rumble.com slash Liz Wheeler for the fully uncensored version of this show. That's rumble.com slash Liz Wheeler. Next to the subscribe button on Rumble, there's a little red button, and that button allows you to join the Liz Wheeler Show community on Locals, where we have extended segments and VIP-only content on a regular basis. So please join us over there. Okay, what are we going to talk about today? Well, it's pretty clear that the left wants you to watch the Tyree Nichols video out of Memphis. This is the video of the black man from Memphis, Tennessee, who was beaten so badly by five police officers that he died in the hospital three days later. The video itself is horrendous. Maybe you've already seen it. Maybe you haven't. The left wants this video, the images, the audio of Tyree Nichols calling for his mom as he's brutally beaten. They want this burned into your mind. They want it ingrained in your soul. They want it to haunt your dreams, which it will if you watch it. It's horrendous. It's, it's, it's horrendous. So what I want to do tonight is I want to react to this video. Not emotionally. You're fully capable of knowing how to react to this emotionally. But I want to talk about how to properly order the political response to this video. The purpose the purpose of the video itself, the way that it was released by the left, is very clear. I want to discuss that. I want to discuss the manipulation and the exploitation that the left uses um, to achieve their political goals. And I want to talk about how, as conservatives and as Republicans, how we should respond to this. In other words, I want to talk about how to properly think about this, how to analyze the politics, and then to react to it. So let's get to it. As the nation gears up for another election season, tune to the first TV for the best coverage on television. Get an exclusive inside look at the American political machine with Sean Spicer at 7. Unmatched analysis and historical perspective from Bill O'Reilly at 8. Then a bold, unapologetic take from Jesse Kelly at 9. It's must-see TV in primetime every night on the first TV. Watch the first on DirecTV Channel 347, Uverse Channel 1220, or DirecTV Stream. Okay, so in order to analyze the entirety of the situation around the Tyree Nichols video, the death of this young man, the police involvement, the accusations from the left that this was racism, even though the cops who beat Tyree Nichols to death were all five of them were black, the police chief was black, the city itself is majority black, the city council is largely black. Um, to analyze all of this, we first have to establish what it was that happened. Motivation perhaps aside, just the facts of the case. What happened on the night that Tyree Nichols was pulled over by police? What happened when he began to interact with these officers? And at what point, and prompted by what, did the police officers begin to escalate? Did they, did they increase their use of force until it got to the point where they were just administering an inhumane beating on this poor man? The best way to establish these facts is to watch videos from several different angles. Some of them are body cams. Some of them are videos that were obtained from nearby of this interaction. Now, I will warn you, if you haven't already seen this video, this is very graphic. We're not blurring 
anything out, even, even the violence, even the blood. We, yes, we're going to bleep a couple of profane words, but this is, this is, this is very graphic. This is, to start with, um, video from the police body cam. Rossi, cash gateways. Hey, give me a hand. Give me a hand. Give me a hand. You might get sprayed again. Hey. Hey, Mike. Hey. Watch out. Watch out. Watch out. Watch out. hard to watch. It's brutality. It's inhumane the way that they beat him. And that's not even the zoomed out camera version. The, one of the points of that body cam footage is to see at the very beginning the police officer already aggravated, already angry, maybe prone to escalation when he's running up to the scene before he's even arrived at the encounter. So then we have this video, which is a zoomed out video, and you can show this, you can show this on the screen, Matt, of the cops essentially passing around Tyree Nichols. That's what they're doing right now. They're handing him off to each other just to hit him. There's no, re there, there's no possible justification for this. This is not five people, five police officers who need to restrain someone who's going ballistic. This is just a beating. This is gangbanger behavior. This is thug behavior. As he falls to the ground. And then we have police officers. A police officer moving another. You can show this one, this next video. A police officer moving another one out of the way in order just to kick him. It makes me sick to my stomach. The cops supposedly were angry that Tyree Nichols didn't comply with some of their orders. More facts about that will certainly come to light. But at a certain point, at a certain point, it doesn't matter. I, I understand, and I say that, I say that having analyzed many, many of these situations now, police-involved shootings specifically, where the questions are al always raised, well, why did police, why did police escalate to lethal use of force? Just because the suspect or maybe it wasn't a, a criminal suspect, maybe it was they pulled someone over in their car. These people didn't comply. They maybe resisted arrest, but, but how, uh, what does that justify, right? 
how, if someone doesn't comply, what's the proper procedure there? Does it automatically mean that the cops, the police force, is justified in using lethal force? That is even a separate question from what happened in this video, because this video is not proper procedure. There's no police force in the nation that teaches, condones, or allows a brutal beatdown like this. Again, they weren't trying to restrain him. They were just beating him up. They were mad he didn't comply, but it doesn't justify this. Even if he didn't comply, it doesn't justify this. They abused their power to brutally beat him. He died from it. That's, that's the what it is of the situation. Three days later, he died in the hospital. He had a broken neck. His mother described him, uh, his neck as being like an S. His neck was so broken. Of course, the, the initial reaction to this from the left is to claim that this happens every day. That's not true. There are any number, thousands of police interactions on a regular basis that happen, and this is this is not typical. This is why this one makes the news, because this, this so infrequently, so rarely happens. The second reaction, the second wave of reaction from the left is to say, oh, this is racism. This is systemic white supremacy. This is, this is exactly what black men face from a, a white-centric police force on a regular basis. And of course, this is this is this is contradicted by the fact that the police officers, you saw it in the video, you saw it. Um, they were black men. There were five black police officers. As I mentioned before, the police chief is also black. The city council is black. The city itself is majority black. Um, it's hard to argue that this is, this, this is racism when there's no indication that it was. In the body cam footage, there's, there's no indicator whatsoever that race played into this, that these five police officers targeted this man based on the color of his skin and treated him, mistreated him, abused him based on the color of his skin. If that evidence exists, Please show me. I, I will stand beside you and be the loudest voices con voice condemning that, but it simply doesn't exist in this situation. So when, when racism does, is not present in a situation like this and the left continues to claim that it is, what that does is it belittles actual racism. It, it creates a situation where the left is like the boy who cried wolf. If they claim racism at every turn, when racism doesn't exist, then at the few and far between instances where racism is present or does occur or is used to abuse someone, people are so tired of hearing false accusations that the real accusation falls on deaf ears. It's a disservice to real racism to pretend that this is racism. Now, let me back up a second because we're going to get a little bit deeper. When the left says that this is racism, they're actually not, they're actually not accusing these five black police officers of inflicting a, a racial hate crime on Tyree Nichols. That's not what they mean. They're, they're, they're redefining words and using the term in a completely different way than the common understanding or the definition of the word would mean. But we'll get, we'll get to that in a second. Before we get to that, I want to talk about the media operation, the PR operation that, that led, or that was, uh, that happened in the lead up to the release of this video. So before this, this body cam footage was released, the city announced that it would be released. And they didn't say, hey, just so you know, this is going to be released in an hour, or just so you know, this is going to be released tomorrow. They staged a PR campaign for days in a completely non-neutral way. They didn't say, we just like to inform you that this footage will be released at 10 a.m. on Friday. Thank you. 
you can find it at the following link. No, the way that this was portrayed, the commentary preceded the video. And when editorializing precedes facts, the reason for that is because whoever is doing the presentation is trying to put ideas in your mind first so that when you see the facts or view this video, you have a preconceived idea of what you are seeing. You have preconceived, preconstructed feelings about what you're seeing so that your reaction to the video has been pre-planted by those who told you what you would be seeing and what you would be feeling and how to react to it before you actually saw and felt and reacted. It's extremely telling that this was released on a Friday night. On a Friday night, when a video like this, especially in the volatile political environment in which we live right now, thanks to the Black Lives Matter movement and the fact that leftists in cities across the country did nothing to stop those riots, no one, virtually no one, was held to account for the, the, the arson and the looting and the violence. No one was, which empowers that kind of mob behavior, that, those, that rioting and that looting. Why would you release this in the evening? Why wouldn't you release this at say 8 a.m. on a Monday morning when people are working, people are busy, when the light of day prevents the heat of emotion from coinciding with after dark on a weekend when people are free to ride in the streets? That's not a rhetorical question. This, this PR campaign was staged like this on purpose. The words Rodney King were invoked. Why would you invoke the words Rodney King unless you were trying to liken this to Rodney King, which begot race riots in Los Angeles? Is that what you want? Do you want race riots? What happened to Tyree Nichols is awful. It's horrendous. It's illegal. And those officers should be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law, and they are. But it's not the same as what happened to Rodney King. But before you were shown the video, that's what they wanted you to think. Why is this? Why was it rolled out in this way? Well, perhaps because the biggest story at the time was a story the left is desperate for you not to hear about. The biggest story of the day, which as of the last time I checked on Twitter is up to 25 million views, is the Project Veritas expose on the Pfizer employee. Is it a coincidence that the Tyree Nichols Body cam footage was released the evening that this was going, that the Project Veritas story was going viral. Seems like too big of a coincidence to be a coincidence. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground. Cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. America is on trial. Join me, Josh Hammer, as we examine the presidential election through the only lens that truly matters, the legal proceedings of Donald Trump and the Biden crime family. This new daily podcast examines breaking news and analyzes the biggest questions facing the country. Can the former president, Donald Trump, get a fair trial? Can Trump be disqualified from the ballot? Can Joe Biden pardon his son, Hunter? Can Trump even pardon himself? We cover all the action every morning. Listen to America on Trial, wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Okay, so now let's talk 
about the accusations of racism. Because when the left says, well, this was racism, even though it was five black police officers who beat a black man to death, there was no evidence that this was racially motivated. That's not what the left means when they say racism. Okay, so the accusations of racism are abounding. This is the only thing that the left can say. They can't pin the responsibility for this crime on the individuals who committed the crime. It's bigger than these people. In fact, you'll you'll notice that the left is barely talking about the five people who murdered this, this man. The five police officers who murdered Tyree Nichols, they barely talk about them at all. In fact, this is the headline that came from Van Jones at CNN. He said, the police who killed Tyree Nichols were black, but they might still have been driven by racism. And then there's a picture of the five of them, five black men. The contention from the left here, their argument is that skin color, the fact that these these five police officers were black does not matter because the institution of law enforcement, the police force in our nation, the idea that we have these local police forces, community police forces, they say that institution is systemically racist. It was it was conceived in racism and therefore it doesn't matter if it's, it doesn't matter if it's a black man or a white man who work as a police officer. If they are a cog in the wheel of the police force, then they are part of a white supremacist structure. This might explain this viewpoint. Now, we're, we're gonna break down why this is wrong in just a second, but this viewpoint explains why um, there aren't any protests when police kill a white man. Because statistically speaking, police kill a lot more white people every year than they do black people. But where are the riots? Where are the protests? Where's the outrage? Where's the burning and the looting? Where are the tears? Nowhere. The left can't talk about that, whether it's justified or unjustified, the, the, the police killing white men. They can't talk about that because otherwise it undermines this, this narrative. This narrative that it doesn't matter if it's a black cop or a white cop, cops are part of a police system that is a white supremacist institution. So there you have your first first contradiction here. We have a white man by the name of Tim Wise, and it's important that he's he's white because he claims to be an anti-racist educator. Anti-racist is a term that was coined by Ibram X. Kendi. It's a critical race theory type term. Anti-racist means that you can't just be um, you can't just be not a racist. You can't be someone who, who treats and belie- treats other people equally, believes in equality, and um, um, has no derogatory feelings towards people who, who might look differently than you. A traditional understanding of what it means to not be a racist. No, no. Ibram X. Kendi contends that if you are not actively an anti-racist, then you are complicit in racist institutions, even if as an individual, you are not racist. Now, if it sounds convoluted, it's because it's very convoluted. It's an, it's an evil way of exploiting people's inherent desire not to be racist and harnessing that into pursuing, forcing people, exploiting, manipulating them into pushing a radical leftist agenda. So the fact that Tim Wise is an anti-racist educator Um, and he's a white man, is kind of funny, kind of funny. This is what he tweets, though. He said, anyone who says the killing of Tyree Nichols can't be about racism because the cops were also black really doesn't understand how white supremacy or anti-blackness work. 
Okay, that's the first one. Then we have a, a, an activist, a radical leftist activist named Bree Newsom Bass, um, who tweets once again, whiteness is an ideology. There are some black people who believe in it more than some white folks. And this is our first clue to the true agenda behind the left's reaction to the Tyree Nichols videos here. Whiteness is an ideology. So a comment like that, whiteness is an ideology, is an inherently racist statement because you are saying that there is some characteristic, oftentimes a character quality, that is inherently associated with the color of somebody's skin. That's false. That's, that's simply false. Now, this is a black woman making this allegation against white people. And so that kind of racism against white people is tolerated in our society because these people like Tim Wise and Bree Newsom and the critical race theory folks have cowed the American people into being so afraid of violating their woke rules on race that most people won't come to the defense of, in this case, white people who are, who are uh, the subject of racism at the hands of Brie Newsom Bass. This kind of whiteness is an ideology. She goes on to say, racism is an organized system of oppression enforced by laws and government agencies. Now, here's what I would say to this. If there's an example, a specific example of this, th this could be true, right? There might be a government who that has a, a law or a government agency that has a racist policy. There might be systemic racism in somewhere. But you can't make a blanket statement like this because law itself, justice itself, government itself is neither moral or nor immoral. It, 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 doesn't, it doesn't have morality. It is the action or the principle on which law or justice or government is built that has inherent morality. But she goes on to say, diversifying the police force does not end racism because racism is inherent to the organization of the institution and its daily operation. Racism is what policing is. She goes, black cops don't make policing any less anti-black. In fact, black cops and politicians often act to reify systemic racism while claiming their presence indicates racism is over. This is where it gets really interesting, right? So she's calling any black police officer a stooge for white supremacy, which is insulting and it's false. And she's using this horrendous situation of these five black police officers brutally beating Tyree Nichols as her example. And this is emotional manipulation because you look at this situation and you rightly think your emotional reaction, your properly ordered emotional reaction is horror. Your properly ordered emotional reaction is anger. Your properly ordered emotional reaction is wanting justice for this man, is compassion and sympathy and heartbreak for his family. And she's weaponizing those properly ordered emotional reactions to convince you that the only way to satiate those reactions is to abolish police. But who in our nation would be hurt the most if we abolish a police force? Well, it's not gonna be rich liberals in Congress. It's not gonna be people in rural areas. The people hurt the most are going to be the lowest income people in our inner cities and black communities where gang violence is prevalent and the drug trade is prevalent. That's who would be hurt the most 
if we abolish police. And if you ask people, here's the thing, here's the kicker. If you ask black people in low-income neighborhoods, in urban centers, if they want to get rid of police, they say no. They understand what would happen to their community, how much more dangerous their lives and their neighborhoods and their homes would be if it weren't for police. These radical leftist activists don't speak for black communities in our nation. They are exploiting black communities in our nation and they are exploiting the pain that black communities, black families feel. And they're trying to associate every hideous act of wrongdoing like the Tyree Nichols beating was with something much larger, their political agenda. So Jamel Hill goes on to say, I need so many people to understand this regarding Tyree Nichols. Several of the police officers who murdered Freddie Gray were black. The entire system of policing is based on white supremacist violence. We see people under the boot of oppression carry its water all the time. I have two comments on this. First of all, this is factually incorrect. Freddie Gray was not murdered. There were police officers that were charged in the death of Freddie Gray, and every single police officer who was charged either had the charges dropped or were acquitted. There was no police officer who was convicted in that case because the police officers did not murder Freddie Gray. That is factually incorrect. By the way, and it wasn't just criminal infractions that these police officers were cleared of. Even police department policy, none of them were found to have violated department policy at all. That's the first thing. The second thing is, think about our system of justice for a second. Think about, in general, what, it, what, what happens if you violate the law in this country. We do not have a vigilante system of justice here. If you violate the law, say you, say you uh, rob a bank. You rob a bank in this country, what happens? You are arrested by police, and the first thing that happens is you are read your rights. You have a right to an attorney. You have a right to remain silent. Then you are taken to prison, or taken to jail, actually. Oftentimes, if you're not a threat to your community, maybe in the case of a bank robbery, you're too violent, but you're, you're offered the opportunity to, make, to, to pay, pay bail and get out. You are then officially charged with a crime, and you are presumed to be innocent until proven guilty in front of a court of your peers, a jury of your peers. Everything that I just described, this, this system of justice, what about this is, is white supremacy? It, it embodies white supremacy. What about this is unfair? Where, where's, the, where's the inequality in the system? And, and, and it's really important to separate the people operating a system with the system itself. Because systems, this system does not employ inequality. There are not provisions in our system of justice that says if you're black, you're treated this way, and if you're white, you're treated that way. If you're white, you are presumed innocent, and if you're black, you're presumed guilty. That would be an inherently white supremacist institution. That's not what our system of justice is. So policing is at the lowest, at, at the lowest level, because I suppose they're not always, police aren't always hunting down bank robbers. Sometimes it's just a, a traffic violation. That it, that it, they are the ones who enforce our system of justice. And the question that the Black Lives Matter movement never wants us to talk about is the crime rate. It is true that 
if you look at arrests and you look at incarceration, there is a quote unquote disproportionate percentage of black people who are arrested and then incarcerated compared to the percentage of white people who are arrested and convicted and incarcerated. Now, when I say percentage, there are so many more white people in our country than black people that the actual raw number of white people, there are way more white people who are shot by police, who are arrested, who are convicted, and who are incarcerated than black people in our country. But percentage-wise, no one argues that, that, that the percentage of white people is higher than the percentage of black people. No, it's the percentage of black people is certainly higher. But the question that should stem with that, if someone is being intellectually honest, is why? Why are more crimes committed by black people than by white people? Because it's not like police are saying, oh, you know what, out of these 10 crimes committed by black people, we are going to arrest all 10 of them, but if these 10 crimes committed by 10 white people, we're only gonna arrest five of them. That's not how it works. The fact of the matter is, black people commit crimes at a higher rate than white people, so why is that? We'll circle back to that in a minute because that's a very important conversation here. But going back to what Jamel Hill says when she says, when she says the entire system of policing is based on white supremacist violence, yet you look at our police force, their job to enforce the law and police communities, and you understand why Florida Governor Ron DeSantis uh, banned that so-called African-American studies course that really was just critical race theory masquerading as history and education. It wasn't, it was ideology, this ideology that our system of justice is illegitimate and wrong, that the left infiltrated into our education system. It, it, was, it was racialized Marxism, and that's exactly what we're seeing from the left. Okay, so what we're hearing here from, from these activists on the left is racialized Marxism. This is one, one last example. Bree Newsom Bass said, how can it be racist if the police are black? Because, she said, the institution of policing itself is racist. Who actually controls the institution of policing? The white elite and ruling class. Who is most impacted by the violence of policing? Poor people, the working class, and black people. This is why policing itself must be abolished. This is the problem of an institution, not a handful of blue-collar personnel hired to carry out the business of structural oppression. And there we have it the true agenda of these activists. Abolition of police, but not just abolition of police, deconstruction of our entire society. What she and others, she's not alone in this, this is the prevailing narrative from the left, what she is insinuating is that white people cannot be trusted to run an institution Keep in mind, the city council of Memphis is largely black, the police chief is black, so the reason, this is, this is such an inane, inane argument to me because we don't have a, a, a federal police force, right? We actually only have these local and community-based policing forces. So an institution of police is not the same. It's not constant all over the country. It's different based on each individual city and community. Um, this one was run, literally run, not by this white people and the, the ruling class, the white ruling class, but by black people. Facts clearly don't matter to this woman. Um, because she's using racism as a, as a vanguard, as a vanguard for revolution. Now, I say revolution in, uh, in, in the Marxist way. Karl Marx originally set out 
a theory that the working class would revolt against the ruling class because the ruling class, he argued, oppressed the working class, and he thought that that would beget a revolution that could destroy capitalism, destroy the entire um, Western civilization, and Marxism could be ushered in instead. That didn't happen. That did not happen. Eventually, Marxists realized that working class versus ruling class is not a conflict that's going to beget revolution that could then lead to Marxism. So they, they offered another division. What if we can create a racial division? This is critical race theory. A racial division so much that one class of people, or one race of people, I should say, is told that they are so oppressed by another race of people that they have to overthrow the race of people supposedly oppressing them in order to fully achieve their equality. What if that, what if that worked, they thought? That's what we're seeing today. This is what these, this is what these, these modern Marxists are doing. They are pitting black people against white people. And because there's not evidence of widespread individual racism in our country, it's largely been extinguished, thank God, on an individual level, they make these vague allegations that even if you are not an individual racist, even if you do not feel racism towards someone else, the institution was begot of white supremacy. And therefore, even if you're a black police officer, you're acting, you're acting complicit with white supremacy. It's, in a sense, it's so insane, it's, it's hard to believe that it's become as prevalent as it is. But here's, let's go back to that other question for a second. The question that they don't want to ask when they say, oh, the police force, the system of justice, our criminal justice system, you know, there's a disproportionate number of black people who are incarcerated or arrested com compared to the percentage of white people. The question they don't want to ask is why? Why are there more black people, specifically black men here, that are um, incarcerated percentage-wise than white people? And the answer to that is because more crimes are committed by black people percentage-wise than white people. But the question they won't ask is why are the crime rates higher? Why are the crime rates for, it's not just true of black people, for low-income people as well, um, to begin with? Why, why, this begets more police attention because more crimes are committed. And the answer to that is because of these same leftists. It's because of the lies and the destruction, the lies told and the destructions wrought by leftist policies, the destruction of black culture, the destruction of the black family. There's a victimhood. There's an actual, real, true victimhood that black people suffer from in this country. And it's not the victimhood that the left claims. It's not a victimhood based on being oppressed by systemic white supremacy that's ingrained into the fabric of the American governmental system. That's not true. But the actual victimhood that black people suffer from in our nation is the left telling them that they're oppressed. The left telling them that the way to succeed is to be dependent on government programs. The left telling them that, the left encouraging the destruction of the black family. The left encouraging cultural influences like gang influences and violence and promiscuity and drugs, a lack of morality, abortion, targeting black women and absent fatherhood in black men. That begets a higher crime rate. And that did not organically happen. That happened as a result of the left propagating political policies and cultural destruction on black people in our country. That's the real racism that black people face in modern America.
Now let's go toward the riots. The riots and the protesters, the exploitation and the looting here. The first thing that radical leftists do when they hear about something like the Memphis shooting is they turn out in the streets. They protest. And it's it's not funny, funny, but it's ironic because their system of protest is to destroy public property and private businesses, private property, and to justify that. Even though the, the property owners, the business owners have nothing whatsoever to do with um, with the death of Tyree Nichols, they feel completely justified in their violence. And this is why Brie Newsom Bass uh, reacted to um, the many, many calls, actually from both sides of the aisle, mostly from Republicans. Republicans saying, what's the point of blocking highways? What's the point of ransacking stores? What's the point of being, like, wh- what do you hope to be get by this? That That's wrongdoing in and of itself. You're, you're stealing, you're committing violence, you're committing arson, you're harming people. Two wrongs don't make a right. And Bree Newsom responds to that by saying, you cannot dictate to people how to protect and resist the violent state oppression we are all experiencing. Victims' families are under no moral or legal obligation to call for peaceful protest, and the public is under no moral or legal obligation to respond peacefully to the violence of the state. Actually, they are on both accounts. You are both morally obligated not to harm an innocent person, and you're legally obligated not to harm an innocent person and innocent property. Property being the extension of a person because it's the fruit of their labor. You are literally both morally and legally obligated not to do that. But the the protesters, the Black Lives Matter protesters, um, the Black Lives Matter protesters use the tragic murder of Tyree Nichols just to steal stuff. Literally to steal stuff. This is a GameStop. This is the looting of a GameStop that they did what? To try to, in the name of justice for Tyree Nichols? Take a look at this. What other one? On Park Avenue. It's like they been in there one too. Oh, really? Yep. I damn. Yep. Yep. Woo, empty. Hey, Please tell me how you stealing an Xbox from a GameStop begets justice for Tyree Nichols. Please tell me how you committing robbery and vandalism against an innocent business owner helps your cause. Unless, of course, your cause is not justice. Unless, of course, your cause has nothing to do with Tyree Nichols. Unless, of course, your cause is actually best exemplified by a sign held by a protester who was blocking a highway, supposedly in protest. Take a look at this. Oh, look at there. Stop it right there. What does that say? Socialism and liberation. Socialism and liberation. And there we go. That is the actual goal of this entire racial narrative. This was not a racist act. It was a heinous act. It was a horrendous act. These cops were charged. They were immediately fired. They were charged with murder. They probably and should spend the rest of their lives in prison for this crime that they committed. This This is the other part of that. 
when these protesters are calling for accountability, my first question is, okay, what does that mean? What does the word accountability mean to you? Because first of all, it's not police policy. It's not department policy to behave the way they did. They violated department policy, which is why they were fired. It's also not legally permissible to beat a person, brutally beat a person and kill a person like this, which is why they were charged. They were all fired, they were arrested, they were charged with murder, which says to me that the system itself is working. The system is working. So what are you demanding? When you demand accountability, what do you want to happen? The people who committed the hideous crimes are charged with the crimes and most likely going to be convicted of the crimes and most likely going to spend their lives in prison. What else do you want? And what else do you want is the million dollar question here. What else do they want is they want to abolish the police. But abolishing the police, as we mentioned before, is Marxist. Abolishing the police means that we would not live in a nation of laws. We would live in a nation that's just anarchy. That's what the left wants. They want a situation of anarchy to do one of two things, or one thing and then the first thing begets the second thing. They want not local community policing, they want federal police forces. And they want federal police forces so that they can usher in a Marxist society. This is the vanguard that they're trying, that they're, that they're using to try to beget a Marxist revolution. The people who have been in charge of the Black Lives Matter movement from the beginning have admitted they are trained Marxists. We are watching it happen right before our very eyes. This is why the left wants you to watch this video. They want it to be burned into your soul. They want it to haunt your dreams. Because they're using your emotion, exploiting your emotion, manipulating you into helping them push their political agenda. And their political agenda is not justice for Tyree Nichols. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. I'm Liz Wheeler. This is The Liz Wheeler Show.